everyone, you're tuning in to the fourth episode of Alumni Talkies, an SCMHRD podcast featuring our illustrious alumni. I'm Aisha and with me, I have Vishnu and we will be your hosts for this exciting episode of the Alumni Talkies. Today, we are honored to engage in an exciting conversation with Ms. Shreya Kejriwal from the batch of 2012. After being featured in India's 50 Best HR Leaders in 2021, Ms. Shreya was recently featured again in Asia's 100 Power Leaders in HR in 2022. Ms. Shreya is a published author and a notable speaker. Her book, Unsacked, Survival Guide to Layoffs During COVID-19, has been featured in Economic Times, HR World, and in a publication by the Times of India Group. She has worked with distinguished companies like the Godrej Group, Media.net, Umo, Nestle, ITC, Aon, Hindustan Unilever, and D.E. Shaw & Co. She is an HR professional with about 10 years of industry experience in different sectors and leadership positions. In her professional experience, she has worked in various verticals like the HR business partnering, talent acquisition, change management, people analytics, talent and performance management, total rewards, and talent acquisition, to name a few. Today, we are engaging with her on the topic, Women as Business Enablers. A very warm welcome, Shreya, ma'am, and thank you for being a part of the Alumni Talkies. Thank you. Thank you so much, Aisha, for this wonderful introduction. I don't know if I'm worthy of all of it, but thank you. And it's my pleasure to be here. Ma'am, you're truly worthy of it. You have an extensive expertise in the FMCG industry. Uh, do you agree that it is one of the most sought-after industries overall? I mean, if if so, then why do you think so, ma'am? So, uh, Vishnu, the FMCG industry has been a great starting platform for me. Uh, and the good part about a lot of the players in the FMCG industry is that they have been instituted over a long time. And hence, they enjoy the benefits of having a lot of them, hence, focus very strongly on learning and uh, instituted very robust induction programs, especially for management trainees. So I think that helped me a lot in the start of my career. Uh, a lot of players in the FMCG industry also offer multitude of roles, you know, spanning across a long career. So they're able to sell careers to professionals as well and not just a job. During the time of my graduation, which is 10 years back, they were also among the best paymasters in the market. And because of the nature of the industry, which is direct to consumer, they enjoy a strong consumer brand presence and adds in some glam quotient as well. So yes, they definitely are a sought after industry. However, I feel today there are other industries that offer great learning opportunities as well. You know, things are not the same as they were 10 years back. Uh, the tech sector, I feel, has strongly and slowly built its presence over the last few years. And I think it goes head to head with the FMCG industry. Uh, consulting too offers a lot to learn. However, post the COVID-19 pandemic, things have changed dramatically. Remote working, flexibility and other personal preferences may hold more weight to a professional or a job seeker than sectoral preference, if any. So, ma'am, you're trying to say that uh, it's the IT industry, which uh, like the flexibility that the IT industry offers, which is making it an, you know, an equally desirable industry, if not more. Absolutely. Um, but when it comes to stability, then FMCG truly has an edge over the IT, maybe. As per like what I understood from the conversation. 
Yes, so FMCG industry does enjoy its advantage. And yes, the tech industry is slowly coming up. And because of all the flexibilities that it provides, the benefits, the additional benefits that it provides, it is slowly giving very tough competition to the FMCG sector when it comes to attracting talent. Okay. See, the world has changed after after COVID-19. I think we've, we've, we've all learned and read a lot about the great resignation. And what has prompted the great resignation? Is it... Is it more opportunities only? The answer is no. It's I think it's a fact that people have realized that they need to value their personal lives, uh, you know, a little more than their professional lives. And hence, these personal preferences also have now started to efface as an important preference uh, that uh, the candidates seek for in an employer. So for that matter, yes, the tech sector is able to maybe provide more opportunities in terms of remote working, flexibility, and henceforth. Okay, ma'am, that was interesting to know. And uh, to this, I want to ask a question like, uh, does the FMCG's valued advantage that it had? So does it truly, you know, kind of have the same advantage as it had in the few, like in the past? Or is it the other way around now? The FMCG industry does enjoy an advantage for all the reasons that I spoke about earlier. They're, they're, they are established players in the industry. They're more like institutions having been around for so long. They enjoy a very strong presence um, in the country, in the corporate sector. And, and it does remain a very, very good learning platform for professionals, especially at the initial starting uh, stages. And yes, it does continue to attract some of the best professionals in their field. However, in today's time, other sectors have slowly caught up and some like the tech industry may have often overtaken the FMCG industry, uh, providing more preferable work locations, flexibility, higher pay coupled with employee stock options. So this is again uh, one of the factors for which the tech sector is slowly gaining an edge over the FMCG industry is that they're also able to afford pay and a lot of them offer stock options as well which basically terms to a promise of uh, wealth building. They also offer new age work practices, policy, manage. So while it is, the industry is more stable than many companies in the tech industry, but we've heard of an experience investor pressures leading to job insecurity. We've heard of funding winter in the recent times. Uh, but some professionals are willing to take a bet on the tech sector and prefer it over the FMCG sector. Okay, ma'am. Uh, also, ma'am, uh, since we have just uh, talked about how the work culture or maybe uh, the preferences of the employees have changed uh, after this COVID-19, uh, and due to this sudden shift in this work culture during the COVID-19, and it also took a toll on overall employee health and well-being resulting in changes in overall employee preferences and motivations. So uh, how difficult were performance management and talent management during this time? And were there any new policies, ma'am, which came out of it during that time? COVID-19 brought about a preferences and in my opinion has completely changed or rather transformed the landscape of talent management. Back in 2020, when COVID had uh, remote work was necessitated and it required a lot of getting used to on both ends, on the employer's end and on the employee's end as well. And this needed a lot of change management, technology-aided processes, and the need to define new ways to connect with each other. Work 
took a toll on many individuals as the boundary between work and home was diminished. Uh, this led to the defined boundaries of working hours as no one was really leaving office anymore. Um, 2020 saw a lot of organizations resorting to layoffs, pay cuts. There was a lot of and this is not the norm in India. This alone entailed changes in compensation and COVID-related health benefits and policies were being introduced. Policies around leave if one caught the virus or if a family member did and the employee had to uh, put themselves in the role of a caregiver. So these policies were instituted. Uh, policies around employee death due to COVID were also put into place, enabling the bereaved spouse to find needed monetary compensation to the family, support circles around hospital admission, oxygen and medicine available were also instituted through partnership. Uh, I remember a very morbid time uh, during this in my career when I had to hold a virtual memorial session for a young employee who had passed away due to COVID violence service. So in 2020, this is basically the theme in terms of how talent management uh, changed. Wellness also assumed significant importance. So many organizations impaneled with mental health specialists for sessions around managing the uncertainty and difficulties evoked on their personal and professional lives precipitated by the pandemic. So uh, now forward to 2021, being productive while working from home proved to be a challenge for many. So this required a lot of awareness sessions for employees. Because this is where we realize that working from home is not going away. And we don't know when the virus was going to slow down. This was um, uh, still a year back or two years back. And we still had a lot. Continue to sort of work from home. And hence productivity assumed a big, um, uh, a huge role uh, in, in terms of talent management. This required a lot of awareness sessions for employees as well. Once we moved through 2021 and when after the second wave subsided and offices finally started reopening, there was a need to recognize employee preferences to continue working remotely, which remains even today. So once we moved into that phase where offices were starting to open up, we realized employees have now gotten used to uh, working from home because, of course, there are a lot of benefits that they enjoy. A lot of employees had relocated back to their hometowns, which meant going back to tier two or tier three cities. And hence, coming back to the usual way of life was very difficult. And there was also this threat of contracting COVID once again, because COVID hadn't completely vanished even back then. So there was a lot of getting used to for this, a lot of talent management policies on remote working, which had to come into play because we had to recognize the need for employees to continue working remotely. Many employees have now today started their side hustles or have a second source of income and policies around moonlighting have come up. So that's another change that the COVID-19 has brought up in the landscape. We are talking about the shift to the hybrid which we have seen, which we have, you know, we have been witnessing like a complete shift to a hybrid and, and like there are a lot of HR leaders, like around 95% of them that believe that, that uh, the remote work is here to stay. So what are your thoughts on the same? Like, will this pattern continue in the future? Does, is, is that a sustainable way of moving ahead according to you? 
I I couldn't agree more, Aisha. I think uh, remote work is definitely um, here to stay in some manner or the other. Uh, if I quote a recent research that was conducted, uh, the results say that 88%, over 88% of employees in the Indian IT sector alone are ready to quit to explore a more flexible work arrangement if they are forced back into office. So COVID-19 and its repercussions have made people realize the value of their personal and family lives and prioritize it over and above their careers, corporate careers. HR leaders are well aware of this dynamic and we've witnessed many organizations pivot to either an all remote way of working or even a permanent hybrid mode. Um, with exceptions of all remote and all work from office made for some sections of employees. So yes, definitely the change is here and this will stay on for some more time. Uh, okay, ma'am. Also, since you have discussed, uh, said that the moonlighting policy has come into light and it's, uh, you know, it's been trending uh, since it came into the light. Ma'am, uh, what is your opinion about a moonlighting cause? We have been hearing the difference of opinions on moonlighting. Some are supporting it and some says it is a kind of ethical violation. So what is your take on it, ma'am? See, I think if we are to sort of talk about uh, futuristic cultures or creating enabling cultures for employees in any organization, in any sector, I think it is high time we open up our minds and endorse the culture of moonlighting. And there are several statement across different angles and I have to maybe uh, delineate a few here. The biggest is that, see, an employee, it's, it's, a, it's a contractual relationship that an organization has with an employee where the employee agrees to perform uh, certain goals, to conduct certain activities, which is part of the job description or even above and beyond during a certain time. And, you know, this obviously in, in all the appointment letters that are given out, the time is mentioned because this is in accordance with either the Factories Act or the Shops and Establishments Act or state that the uh, office is operating in. So I don't think organizations are in any way what the employee does after the work hours get over. So whether they go home and spend time with their families or they go home and, you know, take up a side hustle or uh, for their, uh, they, they, they do anything for that matter which could be generating any kind of income. I don't think there is any monitor that or any need to sort of discourage that as well because you can't you can't have control over your employees and what they do the caveat to this is when employees work for competitive organizations i think that goes against the spirit of working for the parent organization and that should be uh, maybe not allowed so if i have to give an example if we are talking about an employee who does software coding for, let's say, Accenture as an organization, and if TCS or Infosys is a competitor, then as a side hustle, the employee shouldn't be coding or making a software program for these competitor organizations. That would be a violation and maybe not taken in the right spirit because it's the same kind of job that you do for a competitor organization. However, if the same employee who lets engineer and Accenture comes home and let's say starts an Instagram channel on cooking recipes and, you know, learns to monetize that. I don't think there's any problem uh, with that. Uh, reason why I feel moonlighting should be encouraged is research has shown that 
if you spend more time, we as human beings, if we spend more time doing things that we love, which basically means what we take up as a side hustle, it only makes us more productive in our day job. So in fact, it is it is beneficial for the organization if they encourage their employees to take up a side hustle or moonlight. Okay, ma'am. Uh, thanks for the insights. And this makes me move to the next question, which is on the diversity, equity, and inclusion. So as we know that DEI have become key focus areas of the workplace and organizations are working to improve their DEI policies. What, according to you, are the benefits of fostering diversity and inclusion in the workplace? Uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion are not just good-to-do practices, but in today's time and age, they are must-to-do. The biggest benefit is that a diverse employee pool leads to a diverse way of thinking and thus positively impacts business results. And this again has been proved by research. Equity and inclusion measures, when rightly implemented, lead to higher employee engagement, which in turn enhance business outcomes. DE&I also makes better business sense. For instance, as in many households, you know, especially when we talk of consumer goods or FMCG organizations, it's the women who make the decision of which brand of soap or salt comes inside the home. So having more women employees on board in the organization can only aid them to think more like their consumers and hence generate more revenue. Uh, oh, thank you so much, ma'am. Uh, that is great. So we have seen organizations endorsing diversity, equality, and inclusion in the workplace, but at the same time, they're looking for cultural fit, uh, culture fit rather than culture ad candidates. So what are your thoughts on the same? I feel that any organization through an external hire will always try to look for culture ad rather than simply a culture fit candidate. And this holds true as, as in when you hire candidates at higher levels. And this is one of the ways to induct a higher performance-driven culture in the organization. And perhaps here, culture fit refers to at least meeting the standards of values held by an organization. And by exceeding those, does one add? So DE&I and culture fit or culture ad can actually go hand in hand. When it comes to a practical implementation, finding all those qualities in one candidate becomes difficult. Okay, ma'am. So ma'am, that sounds great. Uh, we know that you truly have a very inspiring journey and I do believe that our audience will definitely be pumped up after listening to all of this. And they would, you know, rather like you to, you know, give some suggestions as to what you would like to suggest the students of SCMHRD who aspire to be future leaders and achieve similar milestones as you have. Sorry, you want me to give some suggestions to the students, is it? Yeah. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> okay. Um, I think uh, I would say focus on learning. Learn as much as you can from your books, from your teachers, from your fellow batchmates, learning doesn't only come from one source. Uh, so look beyond your textbooks. 
and learning also doesn't stop with getting a degree in your hand um work hard let the quality of your work speak for you so never stop learning and always always let the quality of your work speak for you don't compromise on the quality of your work i think another thing which i would like to leave the students here with is follow your passion uh i know it's it's important for everybody at that stage to focus on becoming financially independent earning your salary uh, you know uh, standing up on your two feet but you won't last long doing something that you don't like to do even if you do manage to hang around in a job that you don't like you will not be happy time changes things i think that's perhaps one of the biggest uh, lessons that sort of i have learned over time uh, is that uh, where you are at a particular point of time you may not be in the same place 10 years down so not getting the summer placement of your choice or a job with a preferred employer or a preferred industry does not leave you behind this is just the start of your career so you have a lot more to go and time will change seasons change so follow your passion and that's the most important thing do not run behind a particular sector or a particular company grades are not the best indicator of success in life uh chase excellence uh don't chase money money is a by product that will follow but always chase excellence in whatever field you are thank you so much ma'am and i guess that is a very important lesson for all of us uh, to learn and i am definitely sure that all the students who will be going through this session will make sure will definitely incorporate that in their lives and we really appreciate you for giving us your valuable time for such an enlightening session ma'am and thank you so much thank you vishnu thank you aisha my pleasure to be here uh, and i hope uh, this was useful for the students and my best to everybody 